The Heidelberg Catechism is a part of our Reformed theological heritage. It was written in 1563 by two students of John Calvin and very much uh, reflects that biblical theology. And if you're not familiar with catechisms or why we would use them, let me say simply that the purpose of the catechism is to summarize systematically, systematically, succinctly summarize the teaching of the Scripture. It is not in addition to the Scripture. It is a tool by which we may systemize what Scripture teaches. And so you see the various uh, Scripture passages listed below. And, uh, you know, this is something that you could, along with other sections of the bulletin, cut out and put on your refrigerator or tape into your Bible, just as a systematic expression of what we mean by the providence of God and what that means for us, not merely intellectually, but in the living of our lives. So, with that intro... Dear Christian, what do you understand by the providence of God? Providence is the almighty and ever-present power of God by which He upholds, as with His hand, heaven and earth and all creatures, and so rules them that leaf and blade, rain and drought, fruitful and lean years, food and drink, health and sickness, prosperity, and poverty, all things, in fact, come to us not by chance, but from His fatherly hand. How does the knowledge of God's creation and providence help us? We can be patient when things go against us, thankful when things go well, and for the future, we can have good confidence in our faithful God and Father, that nothing will separate us from His love. All creatures are so completely in His hand that without His will, they can neither move nor be moved. Amen. Let us pray. Our most gracious and all-sovereign Father, we rejoice in your goodness and faithfulness to us. We are thankful that you have gathered us together by the call of your word and spirit that this day we might honor you and worship you and hear your word and be renewed in faith by the grace of the Holy Spirit. And so we ask your blessing upon us in Jesus' name as we read, hear, receive, and respond to your holy word in Scripture. To the glory of your name, amen. amen. Now, building upon Pastor Jonathan's fine young disciples message, I want to direct your attention to Colossians 3, verse 12. The ESV reads, Put on, then, I believe that the New International Version translates it, and it can be translated, clothe yourselves. 
right? So we're going to clothe our, we're, we are instructed to clothe ourselves, not merely with that wonderful Louisiana cotton, but clothe ourselves with Jesus, right? So let us hear now God's Word. Put on then, clothe yourselves as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Now here's our clothing. Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in a perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Amen. Amen. And now to Him who loves us, who has freed us from our sins by His blood, to Jesus Christ be all praise, honor, and glory forever. Amen. Amen. Dearly beloved, living as we do in a world filled with fear, uncertainty, anger, and discontentment, we, Christians, are called to be thankful people. Thankfulness is a distinctive, distinguishing characteristic of the true Christian. The whole of the Christian life is to be a life of gratitude. And that ought to set us apart from this angry, griping world of greed, envy, and discontentment. The Heidelberg Catechism, you may know, is structured in three major parts, each part with its own heading, and I'm sure that some of you who have been around here for a while will remember the three G's. Remember the three G's? Guilt, grace, and gratitude. And gratitude is that section of the catechism, the final major section on the, the living of the Christian life. We, we begin with the bad news. We are guilty of sin, but God freely offers to us His grace in Jesus Christ, and therefore the gospel of Jesus Christ, the grace of God, when 
truly believed and received calls forth a response of gratitude, a gratitude expressed in happy obedience and glad service to God. Gratitude is an an essential aspect, if you think about it, of loving God and loving our neighbor. The true Christian life is a life of true gratitude for God's amazing grace to us in Jesus Christ. Now, of course, giving thanks to God in general for everybody is the right thing to do. Everyone ought to do so because God is due our thanks. What do we have that we have not received? But in this passage from Colossians 3, please note, the Apostle Paul is teaching us to give thanks not so much as a moral obligation to God, but rather for our own spiritual edification. Giving thanks to God is good for us. Everything in this passage has to do with our spiritual growth and health as individuals and as a corporate body. Colossians 3, 15 through 17, written to us by the Spirit as a corporate body, says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Now, did you notice three times in three verses, God's Word teaches us to express thankfulness. Now, when something is said three times in the space of three verses, we would do very well to pay attention to it and to apply it to our lives. So here are three reasons that thankfulness to God is essential to Christian discipleship. Number one, thankfulness orients our lives correctly in relationship to God. Number two, thankfulness opens our hearts to the presence, peace, power, and joy of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And three, thankfulness increases our faith and empowers us to overcome the trials and tribulations of life in this world as we press on with the hope of glory. So if you want to, you can outline the rest of this sermon with the three O's. Thankfulness orients our lives, thankfulness opens our hearts, and thankfulness empowers us to overcome trials and tribulations as we persevere to glory. 
Number one, thankfulness orients us correctly in our relationship with God because when we give thanks to God, consciously, intentionally, deliberately, thoughtfully, specifically, sincerely, when we say thank you to God in word or deed, we are acknowledging that God, here we go, we are acknowledging that God is God and we are not. And that is the correct orientation of our lives. And therefore, when we give thanks to God, consciously, thoughtfully, intentionally, specifically, sincerely, in word or deed, it places us in a posture of humility before God. And that's a correct orientation of our lives. And when we say thank you to God in word or deed, it expresses and reminds us of our dependence upon God. And that's a correct orientation. And when we give thanks to the Lord, it also expresses and reminds us of our indebtedness to God, our indebtedness with a debt which we can never repay. And that's a correct orientation. When we give humble, heartfelt thanks, which expresses our utter dependence and total indebtedness to God, then you see we are rightly oriented toward God with Him at the center of the universe and not ourselves. With Him at the center of my life and not me. With Him as the sovereign Lord over my life, and not me. Now, throughout the Scriptures, we read of God's gracious provision for body and soul, for life in this world. And we read earlier from Psalm 104, You, Lord, cause the grass to grow for the livestock and plants for man to cultivate that he may bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the heart of man and oil to make his face shine and bread to strengthen man's heart. But what is Psalm 104 saying? It is saying simply this, even the work of our hands and the fruit of our labor are the gift of God. And when we can spiritually see that everything we have is the gift of God and that he owes us nothing, then our lives will be characterized by humble, joyful gratitude, and that's the correct orientation in relation to God. And, and for us as Christians, if indeed we are true Christians, it goes even deeper. Our thanks to the Lord is given not only for all of the earthly blessings of His providence, which we ought to do, count your blessings, name them one by one, Yes, but, but also, most especially, we give thanks for the spiritual blessings in Christ which God the Father has lavished upon us, the miracle of our salvation by God's grace alone through His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, think about it.
Think about it. If you are a believing Christian today, your election for salvation from before the dawn of time, the provision of His only begotten Son as the perfect substitutionary sacrifice for all of your sins, the call of the Holy Spirit in your heart and the power of the Holy Spirit which caused you to be born again into everlasting life as a child of God, your deliverance from the dominion of the devil and the curse of death, your justification before the Father, that is your full acceptance by Him, through the righteousness of Jesus Himself imputed, that is freely given to you as a gift, your adoption as the, as the beloved child of the Father, a brother or sister of Jesus, so that together with Jesus, you are a co-heir of eternal glory. And the promise that He is now with you always, working all things, all things together for your good, so that even through tribulation and persecution, you are more than a conqueror through Him who loved you. Think about that. That's you if you are in Christ today. And doesn't this, even more than all the earthly blessings heaped upon us, cause us to rejoice and to respond to His grace by offering our lives to Him as a sacrifice of thanksgiving? As the beautiful prayer of general thanksgiving in the Anglican Book of Common Prayer says, Give us that due sense of thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we may show forth thy praise not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. What a beautiful life. Thankfulness orients us correctly in our relationship with God. Secondly, thankfulness opens our hearts to the presence, peace, power, and joy of the Holy Spirit in our lives, individually and corporately as a body. This passage, Colossians 3, 12 through 17, and its parallel passage in Ephesians 5, describes an atmosphere and environment of grace and peace and joy and unity. It describes a Christ-like community comprised of Christ-like believers, people who are clothed with Jesus. That's the church we want to be, isn't it? 
We are called to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, and to forgive one another as the Lord has forgiven us. We are told to let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts and to let the Word of Christ dwell in us richly. This is what the church, the community of Christ's people, should be and do, a community resembling what? Heaven on earth. Is that who you want to be? Is that who you want to be? Are you all in? Well, throughout this description of who we are called to be, thankfulness is mentioned three times. Thankfulness opens our hearts to the peace of Christ and the indwelling, the indwelling Word of Christ, the presence of Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. He abides, He dwells in thankful hearts. Now, this is in direct contrast to the passage which immediately precedes this one. Because in verses 5 through 11, we are commanded to put to death all the manifestations of our old sinful nature, sexual immorality, covetousness, which is ingratitude, anger, malice, slander, obscene talk, and lying. These are sins and sinful attitudes which grieve the Holy Spirit and cause the Holy Spirit to withdraw His presence, peace, and joy, and power from us. Grumbling and murmuring, expressions of discontentment, self-pity, ingratitude, likewise grieve the Holy Spirit. These attitudes are diametrically contradictory to the Spirit of God. So when we're envious, covetous, self-pitying, discontent, grumbling, complaining, ungrateful, where is our focus? Well, where is it? It's on poor, little, pitiful me. And guess what? The Holy Spirit will not give His blessing of joy and peace and power to that person or that community of people which is focused on self, selfishly, and lacking in gratitude. Do you want to be a believer who enjoys, enjoys more and more of the joy and peace of the Holy Spirit in your life? Be thankful. Speak forth your thanks. Show forth your thanks in deeds of generosity and kindness and compassion and helpfulness. Do it. Live the Christian life as a way of saying thank you to God. Sing your thanks. Live your thanks. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. You see, our deeds, as well as our words, can and ought to be expressions of our gratitude to God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. 
Now, do we want to be a congregation, a family of believers which experiences, experiences more and more of the communion, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit among us, the joy of the Spirit, His peace among us, the love of Christ, the power of His Word, so that our gatherings together will become more and more and more like the eternal reunion we will have in heaven. Then, brothers and sisters of Jesus, be thankful. Speak forth your thanks. Let one another know how thankful you are. Sing your thanks. Whatever you do, give thanks. Because being thankful, thankfulness is what opens our hearts to more and more of the blessings of the peace and the joy of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And number three, thankfulness increases our faith in God and empowers us to overcome the trials and tribulations of life in this world as we press on with the hope of glory. Life in this fallen world is difficult. There are disappointments. Things don't always work out the way we want them to. There is real loss and grief and sadness and sorrow and hardships and heartbreaks and trials and tribulations. Many of you have experienced this firsthand this year or in recent years and are walking through these adversities even now. The Bible, the biblical Christian faith, is very realistic about that. The Bible prepares us and equips us for life in this fallen world which is filled with sorrow and suffering. And may I just say, that is the reason that it is so important right now for our little children from the cradle up to be learning the Word of God and have their lives oriented to the truth revealed in sacred Scripture in order to be able to walk this road through a world filled with sadness and sorrow. And so the commands and the instructions for us to be thankful are not merely a matter of positive thinking or looking for the silver lining around the dark cloud. Oh, no, 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 no. It's much bigger than that, and it is much deeper than that. We are called and commanded. Now, listen, listen. We are graciously, lovingly commanded. Graciously, lovingly commanded to give thanks to God for who He is in all of our circumstances. Giving thanks to God even in the midst of suffering and sorrow reminds us of who God is and what He has promised. The God who made us has pledged Himself to be with us to and through the end. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. The God who rules over heaven and earth has promised never to leave us nor forsake us. He has numbered the very hairs of our head. He has called us, you, by name. 
He knows when we lie down and when we rise up. And all the days ordained for us were written in His book before one of them came to be. He who declares the end from the beginning, who works all things according to the counsel of His will, works all things together for good for those who love Him. And He has shown us, He has proven to us, He has proven His love in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And Jesus' resurrection from the dead shows us, guarantees us, that there is a day coming when for us in Christ, all things will be made new. Everything sad will become untrue. When sorrow and sighing shall flee away and all our suffering shall be transformed into glory. And so every day we should say it and live it out in word and deed. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. When we give thanks to God every day in all our circumstances, we are affirming our faith in God. We are calling upon Him to be for us who He really is, infinite and eternal in His wisdom, power, goodness, and love. When we give thanks to God, even in the midst of our suffering and sorrow, our hearts are lifted toward heaven, our souls are renewed in faith, we are strengthened by the Holy Spirit, and we are thereby in Christ, overcomers, more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Because with a thankful heart, we know that there is nothing in all creation, not even death itself, which can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thankfulness orients us correctly in our relationship to God. Thankfulness opens our hearts to the joy and peace of the Holy Spirit. Thankfulness empowers us to be overcomers in a fallen world. And therefore, I want to take a moment now to give thanks to God. For you. The Apostle Paul began his letter to the Colossians by saying, We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. So, if I may, following the example of the Apostle Paul and also on behalf of Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Scott, I want now to give thanks to God for you. For your faith in Christ Jesus. For your commitment to live under His Lordship. For 
for your love for, your hunger for, your trust in his holy word, your submission to the authority of his word, and your desire as a congregation for his word to be taught and preached. I want to give thanks to God for your desire to grow spiritually and bear fruit for His glory. And I thank God for your love for all the saints, your love for one another in this congregation. What a beautiful thing. The unity of the Spirit which binds us together for the way in which you care for one another as members of Jesus' family. And your love for your Christian brothers and sisters in Guatemala and Africa. And your desire that more and more people would be called out of darkness and into the marvelous light of Jesus Christ right here in Ouachita Parish. And to that end, I give thanks to God for your faithful, generous, cheerful financial giving for the sake of Christ's kingdom here and around the world. I thank God for the leadership of our ruling elders who are maturing in faith, who take seriously their call and responsibility to shepherd the flock. I thank God for our Sunday school teachers, the gifts that He has given to us, for our wonderful deacons, my goodness, who serve faithfully, cheerfully, mostly behind the scenes in countless ways. Need something to be done? (laughs) Call a deacon. And I thank God, oh, I thank God, that you are a singing congregation. Wow! And I thank God for the faithful witness and Christ-like example and persevering Christian courage of those of you who in recent years have suffered the loss of loved ones and who are living now with chronic illness and perhaps terminal disease. Those of you who daily, 24-7, caring for loved ones who are sick and suffering. I thank God for your witness of life, your personal testimony. In your faithfulness through adversity, in your faithfulness through adversity, grief and sorrow, We are seeing the life and power of Jesus Christ.
Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, my dearly beloved, for whom I give thanks, continue. Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him, and to God be the glory. Amen. Let us pray. Our Father, we are indeed thankful for the innumerable gifts, the incalculable mercy, and the amazing grace which you have poured out upon us, not only for life in this world, but for all eternity through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, in whom we give thanks to you. Amen. In response to the glorious gospel of our Savior, Jesus Christ, let us stand to affirm our faith, the faith of the one church of Jesus Christ throughout history and throughout the world, as we say together the Apostles' Creed. Christian, in whom do you believe? I believe in God, Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into the hell. The third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness.